Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back. It is May 14th. Time for another episode of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, what's going on, man? How much? We were just talking. Uh, I'm playing golf today. haven't done that in a long time, but uh, taking my oldest son out uh, with some friends. And uh, yeah, should be fun. Hoping to break uh, triple digits. <laughs> That's the goal when shoot, you haven't played in six might, months. I might shoot the temperature. It's like it's like 90 here today, 88, something like that. Yeah, usually when you take a break, it's it's good for your game. Like you just mm-hmm. you, you lose a lot of bad habits, but six months you might just forget how to swing the club <laughs> at all. So I'm I'm a little worried for you. It's it's disconcerting for sure. You might set a bad example for for young Jude. He might be like, yeah. Man, my dad's terrible at this. Why are we even out here? <laughs> he probably will. He'll probably ask to leave at the turn. Nah, you got a good swing. You'll you'll show him how it's done. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to get to today, Kyle. We, we got the first we, five coming up to uh, in a sec. But uh, before we get to that, uh, CBS running a tweet of your, your hottest. What is, what is your hottest sports personal sports take that you will never back down from? Uh, uh, yeah, this was just another platform for you to to uh, you know proselyze about the 2011 postseason. My tweet, my tweets and. 2011, like a whole OSU football team would have LSU. We're gonna play. They're gonna LSU if they got the nod. And you know, I've said it a lot on this pod. And I'll just give my my quick reasoning for that. Is I'm sorry, that defense was gonna force turnover against Jordan Jefferson. That to me is the biggest reason I believe that. And they forced 44 turnovers. Jefferson wasn't a great thrower. Uh, they he would have had to drop back in that game to keep up with OSU's offense. And I think they would have forced turnovers and extended the lead that way and and let's face it nobody could stop Justin Blackman he would have had a now again they had the honey badger uh they had they had an all NFL type defense but I don't care like just didn't matter who Justin Blackman faced he was gonna have a fiesta bowl like performance and I just think it was a bad matchup for LSU you know Mike Gundy's came out in, in in recent maybe this year saying how bad of a matchup it was for LSU because their base defense is what OSU wants it's what they want to see across the other side of the field. So just I think they would have spread them out in ways back then especially they didn't see in the SEC. And that's my take. I'm sticking to it. I'm going to the grave with it. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this last time maybe. We did talk about this last time because we talked about how 2011 kind of was one of the things that upended the old format. And yeah, look, I'm I'm with you. We don't need I don't need to rehash my stance on that. I um I retweeted that. Uh, I I can't remember what. Oh, mine was mine was dumb. It was just a dumb golf take. But my actual hot take that I was kind of scared to put out there because Twitter is not the <laughs> nicest place, you know, not the most nuanced place. But was that uh, that Tiger would not have won the way that he did in the 2000s if he played right now? I mean, if he was like in his prime right now. 
Oh, because the fields are so strong now. Yeah, and that, that's actually it sounds dumb. It's sort of a backhanded compliment to him because he's he created this new. He didn't create the industry, but he created a more modernized version of it in which there's so much more money now that that it just becomes more competitive there's just better guys when, when you increase and this is my this is like a broader corner than i'm on when you in, increase the money in any industry it's going to make it more competitive right like we see this in college football like with coaches it becomes more and more competitive the more money there is in there and i think the same is true of golf and 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 that's that's his doing like that's all him that was on on his back uh, that everybody's kind of riding to all these paydays when, when you're winning PGA Tour events. So it, it is, it's both a compliment and a little bit of a detriment because I don't think he would have 82 wins if, if uh, he played, if, if he was born, you know, 20 years later. Yeah, you just, they're showing all his old tournaments right now. He's beating, you know, Bob May, Chris DeMarco. Uh, he didn't really have a whole lot of competition at the very top of the heap. So I, I don't think that's that hot of a take, but uh well, no. throw it on throw it on Twitter and see how hot it is. Yeah, but I think I think everyone's kind of talked about how deep the fields are, and he wouldn't have won certainly at the level he did. I think he was obvi- he's obviously still the best player of all time, so he still would have yeah. won. But but uh, and again, not, back to the 2011 thing. Like your your blog was in its infancy. It was like your first yeah. year you started the blog, and I thought you were one of the the leaders in in spreading the information out there and just how 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 big of a gap there was in the resumes between Alabama and, and Oklahoma State like the top 25 wins it was like five to one uh, top 20 wins was like four to one so uh, I think your blog <laughs> would have done insane traffic had that happened now as opposed to back oh, in, in 2011 but I remember you were yeah. you were one of the uh the flag carriers there on the on the resumes yeah for sure that's that was our that was our whole deal in 2011 um okay you want to get to the first five yeah okay First, uh, first five this week brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. You can go uh, shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. They've got, uh, they've got masks. Carson, I went to the store today and Mrs. Pistols, my wife, she made, she made homemade masks for the family. And uh, I, wore a, I wore a mask to the store. It, it, everybody was wearing them. Felt good. Um, it didn't look as good as I think some of the Oklahoma State ones that, that Chris's has made look. So if people are looking for masks to wear in public, uh, go to chrisuniversityspirit.com. They got the Curse of Cowboys. They've got the brand. They've got some cool stuff. So go check that out and uh, appreciate them for, uh, for sponsoring our first five. Yeah, for sure. I would encourage everyone to continue wear masks. I've got mine. So uh, that's, that's good stuff from Chris's and uh, Mrs. Pistols. Yeah. Need to, need to get her in the branding game. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, number one on the first five, uh, you know, Bob Bowlesby came out and said that students didn't necessarily need to be on campus in order to resume the college football season in the fall. Mark Emmert from the NCAA quickly responded and said, uh, there's no, if there's no students on campus, there will be no sports. So it's kind of the latest, you know, this, this is kind of a fluid situation as we've talked about in the last few weeks, Kyle. But what did you think of Bob Bowlesby saying they could go strictly online even though you know schools here in Oklahoma have said they, they're preparing on having students in the fall yeah I'm glad you noticed this I I barely picked up on it over the weekend it felt like it got a little like I don't know about buried but it, it just it, some of this stuff it's like in the wake of the initial coronavirus stuff you're just like 
not that I don't care, but it's just, it's, it's hard to be as amped up for every bit of information um, in recent days. But I think this is a big one. And I think it really speaks, and I think it's interesting because you started seeing this in the days afterward. Carson, the, the, the conferences are autonomous. They kind of just like exist in, in a silo which I think is so weird about NCAA football. The, the, the NCAA, I mean, yes, they have jurisdiction. They have, they're like sort of like mandating things, but not really because it, it seems like the SEC and Big 12 and Big 10 and, and whatever are just like, yeah, we're kind of just going to do what we want, right? And so it's like it, it's this weird decentralization of the power uh, within college football and, and it kind of rests with the conferences. So I, I would almost, I would almost value what Bob Bowlesby says on this more than Mark Emmert, because I think Mark Emmert's stuff is more of a recommendation or a suggestion. And for Bob Bowlesby, it's like, Hey, this is actually what the big 12 is going to do. Exactly. And I, I think this, what's been fascinating to me about this coronavirus stuff is how little power the NCAA actually has. I mean, you just look at the, the likeness, the likeness thing coming about because, you know, Mark Emmert tries to say, oh, well, this was always, we've been trending in this direction. We've evolved. No, like the reason they're having this likeness now where players can profit off it is because the state of California said they could. So if these states are saying, you know, like, let's say, for instance, the state of Oklahoma says we're fully open students on campus who the hell is Mark Emmert to overrule the government and those universities? That, that's not happening. And so the question here, Kyle, is do these conferences band together if the NCAA says, you know, we don't want you playing? Are they, are they just going to play anyway? Can they, can they just disband from the NCAA and just have their own, their own league? I don't know. It's just yeah, to, me, I, to me, the NCAA is kind of weakened by the day here. For sure. I think they can. I mean, I, I think you do run into problems when you've got – you got West Virginia and I don't know, Texas tech in the same conference. You're spanning. I mean, so, so much of this is geographic, right. And you're spanning the country a little bit in the big 12. So that becomes a little bit problematic, but I, I think it, at the end of the day, if, if the big 12, it essentially, if the 10 university presidents of the big 12 are like, we're going to have school, we're going to play football that, it doesn't matter what Mark Emmert says, right? And yeah, you might not have non-conference games. I wrote about that a little bit about how, you know, if the Pac-12 is like, hey, we're out, then Oklahoma State doesn't have a week one game whenever week one is. So then do you, do you reschedule that? Do you play Savannah State? Do you try to get Bama or Michigan because they're playing uh, Pac-12 teams in week one also? I, there, there's a lot of different questions, but I do think that, so much of this rests on university presidents, which are, are tied to these different state governments. And again, like I just, I think the Mark Emmert stuff is more of a suggestion than anything else. Exactly. And again, I, I'm kind of like you too. Like I don't, I don't get fired up about every single little piece of news that comes out, but I did think that was interesting just as what you spoke yeah. to the difference between the conferences and, and the NCAA. So that that's kind of the latest. And again, it's all going to change and kind of for me, wake me up when, you know, students are back on campus and they're practicing hey, again. Real quick, Bama or Michigan, if 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 you got to choose, Bama or Michigan for what? For Oklahoma State to play in Week One, if they don't get to play Oregon State, I want Bama. No, you don't. I don't. I I, I mean, you might. I don't think Oklahoma State does. Well, just think of the how many eyeballs would be on that game. 
And so Bama's supposed, Bama's supposed to play USC. Michigan's supposed to play Oregon, I think, week one. So there's, there's a rumor out there of Bama TCU because TCU is supposed to play, pff, I can't remember, Cal, I think. Um, so you could repair those. If the Pac-12 is out, and, and again, like it's going to become regional, I think. But if the Pac-12 is out, you could repair those and you could get Bama TCU and Oklahoma State Michigan. And I think that'd be freaking awesome. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah, Michigan's probably the better team for OSU to play. <laughs> I, I forget they have like – they actually do have like Big 12 and, and playoff hopes this year. And I guess losing your first game to Alabama wouldn't, wouldn't be great for that. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State could beat Michigan. Oh, I would pick them to beat Michigan. I, I, yeah. Harbaugh yeah. can't get it going up there. You don't have a quarterback <laughs> still. So that'd be, that would be fun. But I think that's – and too, Kyle, think about this. Like, I think the Savannah States of the world might go away because due to all of this, because of how much money people need to make, how much money they've lost. Like, you gotta fill your stands, man. You gotta you gotta play marquee opponents with that's gonna be on national TV. Like, I think you're gonna start see te- seeing teams schedule up and schedule big names and kind of do away with these these glorified scrimmages against one double A teams just in terms of because they're they're having to pay those teams money to come play them, millions of dollars in some cases. Yeah, I, it's certainly, you know, we, we were talking, you and I were talking early on, or maybe I was talking to OKC Dave about this, but just the idea of like this being, I think I used the term like the end of college sports as we know it, or maybe the end of college sports. And, and I don't mean like there's not going to be any college sports, but it's certainly a different, uh, there might not be for some schools, right? And, and it's certainly a different, era that we're heading into and I think you're going to see the effect of this pandemic play out for a long time with with in little ways like kind of like you're talking about right there yeah in a lot of ways too in terms of the the minor sports may have to go away just because they financially aren't feasible so that's the latest corona update let's get to number two Kyle the uh, Heisman Trophy odds were updated this week they're out and um some interesting odds here. I went to CBS Sports. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a company man, your, your employer. Uh, Justin Fields had the best odds, which to me was shocking, over Trevor Lawrence. Then someone named Jamie Newman from Georgia. <laughs> Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, having not played a significant snap yet in his career. Mac Jones, Alabama. Sam Ellinger. Derek King at Miami. And Chuba Hubbard with 25-1 to 1 odds. So Chuba is, what, one, two... Three, four, five, six best odds according to CBS. Yeah, who's who is Jamie Newman? I guess just he's the incumbent quarterback at Georgia, and they think Georgia is going to be a playoff team, so that's why he would have the third best odds. But yeah, and you can you can just like put like you can just fill in Alabama quarterback, Georgia quarterback, Ohio State, what you know, whatever. Like it, it becomes a little bit. Silly, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think Chuba at twenty five to one. That's the same as uh, who Miles Brennan, the new court, the Joe Burrow replacement at LSU. That's going to be difficult to <laughs> to repeat. Good luck. Uh, yeah, and then you know I think the value is is with uh, Sanders at fifty to one. My guy, um, Barry Sanders. <laughs> Spencer Sanders. Barry Sanders has a better chance to win it than uh, than Sam Ellinger does at twenty to one. Well, that's true. 
Um, Spencer at 50 to one, huh? Make it, make a case why he could win the Heisman. Well, I, I just think you get into a situation where it's just a, it's a quarterback thing. Right. And so if, however it plays out, Oklahoma State's 10 and 0 in November, December, whenever the season's played, I think, you know, even if Chuba's playing well, I think, well, it's going to, you know, I, it's going to be a 2011 situation, right? With Whiteman and, and Wheaton to where yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't do it because you're, you're just taking away votes from each other, especially because Chuba's the bigger name right now. Uh, even though Spencer, uh, excuse me, Spencer Sanders is going to be the mo- more important piece, I think, to kind of what their ceiling is throughout the season. Yeah. To me, I'm, I'm shocked Fields has the number one spot, but no, I, I agree with you on Sanders and, and Chuba. I just think, I think Chuba's great value at 25 to one. I think he's going to New York. I think he's going to lead the nation in rushing. I don't, I don't think De'Aaron King, Sam Ellinger, Mac Jones from Alabama, Spencer Rattler, or Jamie Newman are going to have a better season than him. So, boom, he's third about, right how, there. How about – you know, if I was, if I was uh, Lincoln Riley, i just print this out and just send it to recruits. Oh, yeah. Right? This dude hadn't even taken a snap. I mean, he's taken like <laughs> 10 or whatever. Yeah, 12 to 1 to win the Heisman. Right? Yep. I mean, that, that's – the it, yeah, we don't need to spend a lot of time on that, but that's that's well, fascinating. Well, did you Kellen see Mond? When, Kellen Mond at forty to one is a joke, also. Just light your money on fire. Kellen uh, Mond's is not good. No, I don't. But he's like he's like perfect for A and M, though, right? He gets he gets hyped up preseason and then <laughs> doesn't win anything. That's like perfect. Uh, Joel Joel Klatt, Joel Klatt spoke to what you were talking about, Spencer Rowe. He tweeted that. Uh, the OU quarterback has finished in the top four in Heisman voting every year since 2015 with two wins. <laughs> yeah, that's why Spencer Rattler's up there despite not having played. So yeah, it's, it's Lincoln can sick. pretty much go. I think they're about to get the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. Great, OU, that's so. that delights me. And that's they're about fun. to get like three or four like big name guys this week. Is what I'm hearing, Kyle. So like, get ready for the the eyeballs and the OU Twitter to explode with recruiting news. I, I actually. Uh, they lifted the, the restrictions on phone calls this week. And I tweeted about it with a gif of like Matthew McConaughey on the phone, like beating his chest, like pounding the phones. <laughs> I said, this is Lincoln Riley. And someone <laughs> replied with, a, with just Gundy with a, a gif of a guy riding a tractor down the, down the empty field. That was, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I'm scared to dive into Oklahoma State recruiting Twitter because I'm not – I'm not a uh, welcome figure on those streets, um, but it's not been. They're 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 going to have good news later this week, I think. But it's not been uh, it's not been a great scene of late. No, uh, you want to move on to number three. Speaking yep, of the the odds, uh, Brett McMurphy tweeted out the latest odds on who's going to win the Big Twelve, and Tamika obviously one of the safest bets you'll ever make is Oklahoma to win the big 12 and they are the favorite Texas of course Mm. despite losing four or more games eight out of the past 10 years are in second despite the fact Tom Herman had to fire or demote his entire staff they have second best odds but Oklahoma State respectable odds here at third they are seven to one Oklahoma sorry was six to five Texas three to two OSU seven to one then you get to Iowa State at 14 to one did you just throw Iowa State in there to uh, – Yeah, I didn't mean to, to – to... 
I didn't mean to steer the conversation that way. I apologize. Go, goad me into that. Uh, Kansas at 500 to one. That's, that's fun. Yeah. I even, uh, I, I even post Oklahoma, I even post that. Oklahoma state. Well, so I think Oklahoma state at seven to one is really good value. Right. I think those odds are only going to improve as the year starts and, and progresses. So yeah, you, I just I would jump on it now if I were you. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, Texas, it, it's just such a – and this is what happens with, I don't know, LeBron's MVP odds or Tiger winning the Masters. People just want to have that ticket. And so you, you get a number that's just kind of dumb. Like it's not – you know, people, people who are smart and like do this for a living don't bet on it. Nobody's betting on Texas at three to two. I mean, <laughs> nobody, nobody who does it like often – or, or does it like because they this is their job, right? Um, so that's a that's a stupid number. Oklahoma State, I would have thought more like five to one or four to one. Uh, I th- I think the the Kansas State Tech West Virginia at eighty those are interesting. I mean, I don't know that any of those teams are going to be good, but eighty like you sneak into the the Big Twelve title game and then you know whatever happens happens. I I, I don't know. That seemed pretty high. Yeah, seems about right to me. They stink. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I do think I, I do I do think Oklahoma State is. I do think they have a chance to win the league this year, and I haven't thought that the last obviously three four years, if not longer. So I, I think seven yeah. to one's good value. But uh, interesting yeah. odds there from from Vegas. Uh, we have actual live golf this week, Kyle. Number four is uh, we got Ricky and and Matt Wolf taking on Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. That's going to be fun to watch. And uh, there was also a tweet from the PGA Tour that OSU has the most wins uh, of any school. And, and, and uh, I can't remember the time frame, but they have five wins. Arizona State's four. Yeah, I think it's the last – I think it was four years. So it was, it was uh, Ricky, it was Hovland, it was Wolf, it was Charles Howe, and who's the other guy? You said you said Hovland and Wolf. Yeah, this is great radio, by the way. Taylor Gooch didn't win. Uh, I should have had the tweet pulled up. Scott for Point didn't win. <laughs> Hunter Hunter Mayhan did not win. <laughs> oh gosh, I almost have it pulled up. Hang on a second. Uh, Chris Chris Ventura did not win. I have it. It's loading. Hang on. <laughs> uh, Kevin Tway won. <laughs> That's right. He won the Safeway Open because he lifted yeah. the barrel of wine over his head. And he got to play in, in Augusta. I got to see him out at, at uh, the yeah. hollow grounds. Yeah. Um, no, th- this – look, I mean, I would take like uh, – I'd watch you and I compete in, on TV right now for golf. I, I'm just – but I, I, I did get really excited about this match because you got big personalities. You know, Wolf – as we've talked about, it's a huge personality. Rory's obviously a huge personality. Ricky will be great in, in this setting. And DJ's going to be DJ and be hilarious, maybe unintentionally so. But I'm excited about it. We ta- I think we talked about Seminole a little bit last week. Seminole's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be fun. It's a cool, you know, I don't know, like the, the, the reason for it, like raising money for the CDC and the American – I think it's the American Nurses Foundation. I want to get that right. It's the, uh, let's see here, American Nurses Foundation. Uh, that's awesome. Like, that's a really cool part. But I also think it's 
a cool showcase for Oklahoma State golf. You know, we, we don't see, we see Oklahoma State normally play golf in May at the NCAA championships, right? The last few years. But you don't – in the pros, it's more like, oh, Ricky is wearing orange. Like, that's the extent of kind of what we get with Oklahoma State golf and the pros. So, for them to play together, to team up as sort of like this Oklahoma State pairing, that I don't know. That's kind of cool to me, and I, I like that part of it. Are they going to go like 2009 Ricky and go full traffic cone together? Are they going to go like orange hat, orange shirt, orange pants, orange shoes? They can Just wear shorts. play it up. They can wear shorts, so okay. I don't know. I, I yeah. They, well, the the over under on uh, OSU references is is like fifty. So yeah, it's it's not it's off the board. Um, but no, it'll it'll be fun. And I think, you know, some people, you know, we know who Matthew Wolf is. People that I hang out with in terms of golf circles know who Matthew Wolf is. But there's a lot of people that are going to watch on Sunday that are like, who's this guy again? You know, and I think I think that'll be a good thing for him, kind of uh, broadly going forward. Well, his his swing is going to blow up Twitter whenever whenever he starts just bombing driver with that that hitch in his swing and everything else. I think a lot of people are going to be going to be talking about him, and the wolf emojis are going to be are flying on Twitter. But I, I do yeah. think it's a cool opportunity. That I do like that it's a skins game, Kyle, not you know just strictly match play or you know something like that i think that'll be a little more fun a little more different of a a format a little more inter- tv entertainment I, I would think but uh it's gonna be fun yeah, to for watch. sure because theoretically you could win one hole and win the whole match right like you could <laughs> yeah. you could uh lose the first seven tie the next i got into math here tie the next 10 and then win the last one and you win the match yep so uh yeah didn't they, didn't they used be, to have the skins be. game on tv when we were little i don't do they do, yeah. do that anymore no that was a uh i mean the the version of that now is just like the tiger phil stuff they had the remember they had like the battle at little bighorn or like what you know <laughs> like tiger and sergio and ernie Els and i feel like this stuff has kind of popped popped up and you know been in and out over the last ever since we've been alive, but it, nothing's ever really stuck. So this is a, this is a cool one though, just because of the, the reason for it and, and with them raising money for everything. Yeah. That's Sunday on, on NBC and that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. And a lot of OSU uh, talk will be had on that for sure. Yep. Uh, yep. Number five, this, this list stunned me, Kyle floored me. Uh, you guys put together on, on PFB and go read it on, on the site. Uh, Marshall Scott wrote the article. Actually, it's the record book. Look, Oklahoma State's touchdowns responsible for a list. Uh, Mason Rudolph was one with 109 touchdowns. That was somewhat surprising to me, but I knew he had a lot of touchdowns, but you, f- you forget about the rushing ones he had too. But Zach Robinson, too, surprised yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had 88 touchdowns in his career. God, Mason had 109. Second place had 88. Whew. Mason played a lot of football at OSU. Uh, yeah. n- number three is a guy I thought would be higher, Brandon Whedon. He had 76. Mike Gundy with 66, his fourth. And J.W. Walsh, fifth, 61 touchdowns for him. I thought Walsh and, and Robinson really stuck out to me. That was surprising. Yeah, if I would have told you this time last week, who had more touchdowns at OSU, Barry Sanders or J.W. Walsh, you, wouldn't, you would have missed that question. <laughs> that's just – that's a trivia question there. Yeah. Big, that's amazing. Again, you, you forget it, Barry really only played one year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, it, it was, you know, I, at the first point of Rudolph, just the longevity of it. I think we, we miss on that a little bit sometimes, or I do. He was really good for a really long time. And, you know, obviously if you give Whedon another year, he probably runs down Rudolph. Uh, I don't know about easily, but you know, 76 in two years is pretty, pretty nasty. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, Walsh being on the list is that, that to me was more surprising than Zach. I think Zach was, Zach was kind of like pre Mason Mason. He was really good for a pretty long time. I mean, he, he was Oh seven. Oh eight was the really good year. Uh, Oh nine was got banged up. But still he got banged up year. at the end, but they, he was kind of their only guy, and so he was like running it in from the three, and you know they didn't they didn't have Kendall Hunter, they didn't have Dez. It was like him and Hubert Aniam trying to beat Texas out there, <laughs> and uh, it it wasn't great. So yeah, I I think I think Zach being at eighty eight surprised me a little bit more than than J Dub. Yeah, J Dub had the the Walshing machine, one of the worst nicknames ever for a. <laughs> For a package but uh the the goal line stuff got him there but again Rudolph had 17 rushing touchdowns that that blows my mind I remember a few yeah, I didn't remember I 17 and maybe that's why he thought he was he was as good as JW running the football so a good oh, list he, a surprising he, list he definitely thought that too <laughs> well that's the mid first or god dang Kyle not mid first the <laughs> Chris's university spirit first five uh you want to hear from Chris's again and not the people I yeah. just re- referenced yeah. Hey, again, free, free space for mid first. They're awesome. Um, yeah. Let's hear from Chris's again. We'll come back and we'll actually do one interesting thing and then we'll get to, you did an interview with Austin Eckroat, uh, still, uh, playing at Oklahoma state as of right now. Uh, he, he plays golf at OSU obviously, but, uh, we're going to get to that at the very, very end. So we'll come back after we hear from Chris's with one interesting thing and yeah, let's do it. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, give me your one interesting thing. More golf, golf related, or kind of golf related, but hit me. Oof, this was another shocking list. Uh, the good folks at PFB, your, your site's cranking out the uh, coverage, even though we're in a pandemic. But uh, the all-time money list from Oklahoma State athletes uh, took me by surprise. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up for you because this this is gonna be mine as well. We we I, can just talk I have about it. it. I have it now. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Russell Okun top tops this, the list. This is crazy. This number is crazy. One hundred and eight point five million dollars. <laughs> and he's still playing. He's only been playing for nine years. I know. Now, I think he might have gotten in there. I think he did. He got in – he was, you know, he's drafted in the top five. 
And back then, those guys were still getting huge signing bonuses. Like the top guys, like those quarterbacks, get like $30, $40 million signing bonuses. I bet he got something close to that being, you know, a left tackle uh, in the top five. So that's a, that's a big chunk of his salary, man. But $108 million, that, that jumped off the page. Yeah, it did. I'm I'm gonna pull up all of his like each individual like the breakdown of it. But yeah, him being up there was surprising. You you know honestly like the more surprising one for me was um, number let's see two three six Jeremy Burnett's. <laughs> so I grew up watching Jeremy Burnett's play baseball at at Alley P. I did not realize he made forty six point four million dollars in his career with I don't know who did he he played with the Brewers he played with. The Mets. Mets, yeah. I don't know. He, he, I think he played a couple other different teams. But uh, that was the one that I was like, oh, okay. De- Dez at 57. Big Country at 56. I already knew that Country was the highest uh, basketball guy. Although he's going about to get just smoked by Marcus Smart here in a few years. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I think Burnett's for me was, was uh, the big shocker. No, I mean, that, that, that name obviously jumped out to me too, Kyle. And what this proved to me, you know, Robin Ventura was second on this list with $67 yeah. million. Even though these guys were playing baseball in like the late 90s, they're still this high tells you it's good to play baseball. It pays to play baseball. Those baseball players get so much money. So that's why guys that played that long ago are still topping this list, whereas like a Tony Allen is at 40 below – Burnett's below Robin Ventura below a lot of guys even though he played in the league for 10 years yeah so that, that's crazy and I think Charles Howell would be higher on this list Kyle he's at 39 million 39.7 this only includes I guess you know actual winnings in competition because yeah. you factor yeah. in all of his all the money he's made in his golf career it probably is triple that if not more well I mean Fowler would be at the top of this list if we're talking like endorsements and oh and- yeah off course stuff. Do we know how much Fowler's made on that? On endorsements? Yes. No, I don't know. He's in that like Golf Digest does an annual uh, like who makes the most, but they only do it per year, and they're kind of like it, it gets convoluted. So the easiest thing for me was just to go through because I didn't I didn't count endorsements for like Dez, right? Like he he had who whoever Nike or whatever. So I didn't want to throw that in for for guys like Fowler and, and Charles Howe as well. Uh, okay, I've got, I've got Okung's uh, career earnings right here. So his base salary, you want to guess his base salary, his first year in the league, his rookie year? $15 million. His base salary? Uh, $6 million. 320000 What? So his signing bonus that year, his first year was like $4 million. Uh-oh. But then his his second year, he only his base salary was one point four million, so it bumped up a little bit. But his his bonuses that year were fifteen million. So I I guess I don't know I don't know anything about NFL contracts. Maybe you get your bonus like in year two or something. Like maybe you have to actually be on the team mm-hmm. for two years or whatever. So he made four million total his first year because that was mostly like signing bonus and then 16 his second year which was the big bonus and then he drops back down to six and then seven eight five eight and then the last three years 13 12 13 and this year's 13 Hmm. so well i would almost guarantee his signing bonus was not 
four million. I bet you it was yeah, closer I, to thirty-five because. Well, like, I, th- I think it was. I think it was like you combine those first two years, and that was like the mo- most of that was the signing bonus. But I don't. I for whatever reason, maybe it's a salary cap. It's broken out more into year two than than year one. Point being, he's made a ton of money, and, and good for him. He he stayed at OSU. Uh, I think did you say through a senior year? I think so. Yeah, which he he could have gone pro early, and it obviously paid off going as high. If you get drafted as high as he did, you get more chances, and you get to stay in the league longer. And he's obviously he's obviously earned that right too with his play. But uh, man, he can uh, if he invests right, he could uh, he could turn that even into even more money. This is uh, I know this is Gundy's dream, by the way. Stay all five or stay uh, all four years. Then go to the league, make a ton of money. Three star, three star recruit. Never said anything. It's like this loves is his like family, loves to play football. Poster, poster child for for Gundy's tenure at Oklahoma State. It's perfect. Well, maybe maybe Chuba will be. He he's staying this year. So yeah, another three star guy. Let's see here. He did play all four years, didn't he? Pretty sure because I, I think I remember like uh, he was there through what oh eight oh nine. He was there through 09. And I think I remember him coming back like being a thing. Yeah, I think he's, he stayed through 09. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting list. Uh, Jeremy Burnett's. I remember watching him in the home run derby. Man, he had a sweet swing, but uh, it was yeah. it was surprising. Oh, this says. Uh, well, no, I think that's right. He, he, he stayed until he's a senior. Never mind. I Good digress. Radio. Let's get to Austin. Austin Eckrow, you want to you want to set this up for us? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he's one of the athletes in, in in the NCAA whose season was obviously canceled with the pandemic. I wanted to catch up with him and talk about what that was like. Uh, his senior season getting wrecked. You know, he was kind of a young, the young up and comer on the team when they were going for national titles, and this was his chance to be the senior leader and and really go for an individual national championship. And that got taken away from him and there was also a recent kind of bit of news like the the oak tree national t-sheet got released they were doing some sort of tournament with a lot of big names victor hovland matthew wolf were playing in it among other pga tour players and apparently the ncaa contacted him and told him he couldn't play in it so there was it was pretty cloudy and murky in terms of what happened with that so i get into all that with him on this interview and uh, we appreciate austin ekro taking the time all right, joined right now by Oklahoma State golfer Austin Eckroat. Uh, Austin, it's a crazy time for everyone. Uh, just give us an update. What's going on with you, your career at OSU, with everything being uh, slowed down to a grinding halt? Yeah, uh, I forget the, the exact date of it, but one day we were leaving to go to a, uh, a tournament in Arizona. They canceled our flight, and then um, the tournament got canceled that day at 11 a.m., and then the season was canceled at 3 p.m., so it was like a, you know, hit us really quick and then you know just I've been at home since then uh playing out at Oak Tree just really hanging out not a whole lot's changed with you know my daily stuff I still get to go out to the golf course Oak Tree's been open um but obviously it's still different you're not playing for anything it's not college golf season and uh who knows if we're gonna play summer golf you know it's still up there but um really things have actually been pretty decent for all things considered because um I'm still able to play Carson or Oak Tree and Carson Creek if I wanted to, but Oak Tree's open and uh, really not a, a ton has changed for me in that way. So, so what are your plans? It's kind of a, an awkward situation. I know you would like to finish your senior season or even get really going again, 
but does it, if it lasts too long, are you considering going professional? Just kind of where are you at with your career amateur versus going pro? Yeah. Um, about we're if right after Palm Springs in that, in our tournament in Cabo was around, I think that was in March, early March. And, um, I was about a hundred percent sure I was turning pro 95, hundred percent. I mean, I was kind of out of the, out of the door, you know, I was ready to get going. Um, but then all this happened and it's kind of, you know, I think I, at the moment I'm leaning towards going back to school for sure. Um, there's still a couple of things that I want to wait and see what happened with. And then I'll decide when that time comes, but um, it's looking like it makes sense to go back to school, play my, my fourth year. And then uh, especially with that PJ tour university coming out. So, I mean, We'll see. I still haven't decided yet, but most likely I'll be coming back to school. So. When they did cancel uh, the season with the pandemic, how disappointing was that for you? Because you were kind of the, the young sophomore on the national title team. You were kind of waiting your turn to be the senior leader, and all of a sudden the, the rug gets pulled out from under you. How, how difficult was that for you? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, um, my – yeah, I kind of was underneath – you know, me and Matt came in together, you know, obviously underneath it – or, I mean – behind his shadow for sure. I mean, he was so good, you know. And, um, you know, this was kind of my year, you know, for sure. And I would think next year would be as well if I'm coming back. Um, and I just started playing well. You know, I played fine in the fall. Uh, but not, no great finishes. I was winning in Olympia Fields, but then had a, a rough last day. But then I kind of um, – I mean, golf game started to come around big time. And it's stayed – I mean, I'm playing great right now. It sucks that we can't play anything. I mean, that's probably the best it's been. And um, – but, uh, yeah, it, it sucks because, you know, I was trending. I was, you know, moving up in the rankings, looking like I, a couple good finishes. I would have been first team All-American, you know, instead of second team. But um, it is what it is, you yeah. You mentioned you getting to play at Oak Tree. There, there was this tee sheet that surfaced on uh, on Twitter – where it looked like a PGA Tour event. You know, Victor and Matt Wolf were there, uh, Scott Verplank, a bunch of PGA names. And you were on there, as well as Quade Cummins uh, from, from Oklahoma. And word kind of leaked out on social media. The NCAA may have contacted you. may have had to withdraw. Just what, what all happened there at Oak Tree with that? It was so confusing because the three days prior to that, we played at Merido in Dallas at, at a similar event. Um, this one was – I mean, Oak Trees was an organized – betting game that we didn't even partake in you know we were just like joined we were just playing with them you know we can't make win money so we were just it was organized the only thing that they were doing was put the scores on a scoreboard um but Merido I think is the reason maybe why they did that because that one got a little publicity and um played good that one I got fourth and then uh only lost to Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris so two PJ Tour players on the web.com tour guy and then um we went uh, played the first round. It was horrible weather. I mean, it was blowing 30. And I shoot 69, I'm winning, and Quaid shoots 71, and he's in second. And we're over at Hayden Woods' house, sitting on his back patio because he lives right next to the range. And um, Coach Bratton calls me. I'm like, oh. all right. So I go and answer it, and uh, he's like, got good news and bad news. And then starts talking, tells me the good news first and tells me that I have to withdraw. I was like, what? Like, that, that makes no sense. Um, and then as I was on the phone with Coach Bratton, Coach Hibble called Quaid, and it was – I still don't understand the reasoning. Um, but we – basically what we did is they took us out of the tee sheet, out of the tournament, took away anything that 
you know, in any involvement, but we just played behind them. And um, I think I, I went 69, 72, 69, and got, I would have won the tournament and uh, compared to the other guys' scores. And then Quaid would have tied for – well, he would have tied the guys that won, so tied for second place. Um, so it was it's kind of funny, you know, the guy that was first and second were out of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I guess better safe than sorry with the NCAA. You oh, never yeah, know what yeah. decisions they're going to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have no idea. But uh, that was the Oak Tree's thing is they didn't really want to be involved. You know, they didn't want to do anything wrong. So, sure. uh, but I'm going to a tournament in, in Marido again on the 19th through 21st of this week, and I'm allowed to play. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. They, I, it started off with no outside competition through May 31st, and then now it's – I think it's just whenever your uh, school um, calendar is done, you know, like because I'm, we're done Friday this week, so I took my last final yesterday. So. That's gotta feel good. Why does the yeah. NCAA hate Oak Tree? My column, no. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. For, for you, Austin, it, it's got to be cool to see your teammates, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf. They've both won on the PGA Tour less than a year of being uh, on the, on that PGA Tour. Yeah. Just how exciting is that for you as a teammate? And how exciting is that for you just because, I mean, you competed with those guys. You've posted yeah. scores better than they have in college in certain tournaments. How yeah. exciting is that for you for your prospects in the pro level? It's really exciting. You know, my first two years, they were a step ahead of me. You know, clearly they were playing better. It was just every, you know, kind of every tournament, they were just right there, just a little bit ahead of me. But I was like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of – I knew I was right there. So it's a good thing. You know, I just needed to get a little better. But they were they were better than me at the time, and then they came out and had instant success. So it kind of makes you like, okay, they are that good, you know. So it's not like it was, shoot, if I can't beat these guys, and I definitely can't beat those guys out there. But they beat the guys out there. So um, I think it was a confidence, a good confidence thing, because you know I knew that I I could get to their level, you know. Um, and I think I'm I'm moving in that direction for sure. Uh, really, as of right now, I'm playing the best golf I ever have. Um, it's great. So. And it's cool seeing, I guess, Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler are going to do a charity a skins game against Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. I'm sure there'll be a lot of orange on, on TV when those two get together. But Ricky has come back to Stillwater so much and, and worked with you guys. Just what's he meant to you guys as a mentor and, and then now seeing him paired up with Matt? Yeah, him and Matt, they get along really well. So that'll be really cool to see. Um, tough match, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I mean – he comes every once in a while, you know, comes from homecoming, comes for those things. Um, but I, the best moment I had with Ricky was at the U.S. Open this year. I missed the cut. Play it, you know, I was playing so good leading up to it. And then something about the U.S. Open, I, get, I got uncomfortable and, you know, struggled. It was, crazy. it was, I mean, craziest scene I've ever been a part of. It was insane. It was fun, though. But um, then I'm hitting balls on the driving range on Saturday because uh, – I had nothing else to do. Flight didn't leave until Sunday. So, um, and then he came up to me and started working with me with my game, trying to help me out. It was really, it was a good, you know, nice to see him, you know, care about the guys still at Oklahoma State. And uh, he's a he's a great guy. But him and Matt will have a great time. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. Austin, that's all the time uh, I need from you. Appreciate your time, and uh, we hope you get to continue your senior year and, and finish it the right way. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. See you.